Welcome to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's hard-hitting Axis Arrows. Learn more about Easton's cutting-edge and fuse carbon arrow technology today at www.eastonarchery.com. Now here's your host of Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, Editor Christian Byrne. All right, welcome back to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio. We are the voice of bowhunting, and as always, we're thrilled that you've taken some of your time to spend with us today and learn more about uh, how to be a more effective bow hunter in the field. Today we're going to talk about a probably one of the most talked about subjects in the realm of hunting and bow hunting in particular. That's scent control. Uh, quite frankly, it's a topic that's been beaten to death and you probably think there's nothing new. I'm going to turn it off right now. Don't turn off the episode because we have something that is new and exciting and something that you probably haven't heard before. I've got a guest on the line. His name is Dennis Fink. He's from a company called Ozonics and I'm telling you guys this is a new scent control technology that you need to know about. Dennis, thanks for being with me today. I know you're squeezing me into your schedule. I really appreciate it. No problem, Chris. Dennis, Ozonics is uh, a company, uh, you guys have probably been around for a year, maybe a little bit more. You've got a device that actually makes ozone out in the field, in your tree stand or your ground blind. Tell me about ozone and what kind of differentiates you guys from all the other scent control, scent elimination technologies that are out there on the market. Ozone is a uh, molecule that was invented by God. It basically was designed with the planet. Its function in the planet is to basically clean the air. Um, It is an oxidative material. It's in in concentration. It's similar to bleach uh, if you get it in high concentrations. And basically what it does in the environment is just clean the air. And so that's why you see in major cities, you'll hear about ozone alerts. That's the planet trying to clean the pollution that's in the air to the best of its ability. All we've done is taken a molecule that uh, was already present and uh, applied it to hunting. And what it does is you can use that molecule if you can put it between you and the animal and have that molecule contact your odor molecule, it will convert it to something that's not human. And the animal will not smell you as a predator. That's basically how it works. Now, when you talk about ozone, I'm not a chemist, but I understand enough to know ozone is O3, right? That's three that's correct. Three oxygen molecules, and oxygen, which our bodies use to, you know, live, is O2. So you're basically correct. just taking, uh, and your machine, which runs uh, on a battery, okay, and we'll get into that some more, it basically uses an electrical current to take oxygen that's in the air and somehow add an extra oxygen molecule, right? So you're turning O2 into O3 and uh, passing uh, through your machine, and and it's coming out. And that O3, as you've explained to me in the past, ozone is a a volatile compound. I guess it doesn't really live a long time, if you will, on its own. And what it does is it comes into contact with other, other molecules and destroys them, and that's what it's doing to your odor. Do I have that right? Yeah, there's a bunch of things there. Let me see if I can get them all. Uh, basically, in nature, uh, the way ozone is created is through friction. Uh, so as lightning strikes, as heat sources are created, like volcanoes erupting, rain falling, uh, you get oxygen molecules disturbed. They break apart and they reform 
They once were O2, they reform as O3. In a sterile environment, uh, ozone can last for about 20 minutes, and then it will convert back to O2. In a non-sterile environment, like uh, in an urban center, it's just seconds. Um, in, a, in a hunting area, we can concentrate it for uh, a few minutes downwind from you, and then it's, as soon as it contacts something, it can be a leaf, it can be pollen in the air, it can be dust, it can be your odor, it's going to convert to, uh, to something else and no longer exist as O3. So it's a very unstable environment, an unstable molecule, and the good news about that is, is it will attack an odor molecule and change it. And so what does it actually do? Okay, I, w first of all, what is okay my odor, whether that's some sweat that's evaporating into the air, something from my breath, what exactly is an odor molecule, and how does that ozone destroy it? Uh, it, it, the basic chemistry is uh, you know, pretty straightforward. It's an odor molecule is a, is a bunch of different forms of hydrocarbon of carbon molecules. Um, there's technical names for them. The bottom line is is that they come as proteins. They come as a, a variety of different forms that we would see in a, in a uh, human body. Uh, it's really unknown at this point what an animal smells. Uh, there are about 3,000 potential compounds that a human being emits, and which one of those an uh, animal actually detects as human, only God knows. Lots of work being done on that, but no one knows yet. The what good news is is that ozone will attack all of those, just about. And fortunately, VR testing and the use of many, many people, we've learned that it does a fantastic job of converting that that protein, that sweat molecule, that odor molecule, whatever you want to call it, uh, it converts it in such a way that the animal no longer views it as predator. Now, I have to admit, as I'm sure people who will listen to this show may be a bit skeptical, okay? I was, sure. a, bit, I was a bit skeptical because uh, this, was, this was early last fall. Okay, we had a conference call with you. I say we. I'm talking about some folks here at the magazine, um, some folks from some television shows, and you basically talked to us about this technology. And the idea here was you you were sending out some demo units. So I'm thinking, all right, this guy is going to send me this little box, and I'm screw this thing into the tree above my head. It's got a little tree mount. There's a little fan in this thing, and it spits out ozone. And this guy's telling me the deer aren't going to smell me. And not only are they not going to smell you, but you don't have to use any of these sprays. I don't even care if you take a shower. Before you go out, this ozone's going to just destroy your scent. And I'm thinking this guy is, uh, you know, selling me some snake oil here. But uh, I'm going to try it. And I got to tell you, Dennis, I really have been converted 180 degrees because I had some amazing results with your product this year. Uh, I killed a 158-inch buck in Illinois that came in directly downwind, walked all the way from as far out as I could see him at about 80 yards to 7 yards directly downwind. A few weeks after that, I took it down to Texas, and I hunted ground blinds down there for several days, and I used it every day in my ground blind, and every day I had deer directly downwind of the blind. I never had deer blow out of the area, and uh, I really believe, you know, that this ozone is, is doing the trick. And, I, I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been so skeptical, skeptical because ozone is a proven odor elimination technology in a lot of other industrial-type commercial applications. I guess what you're doing with it that's unique is you're taking it out of that realm and applying it into that hunting application. 
talk to me a little bit about the you know the long standing use of ozone for odor control in other arenas and how you got the idea to actually bring that in to to play for the hunter ozone was discovered by man in the middle 1800s began to be used industrially in the late 1800s and heavily in the 1900s. It's used by Levi Strauss uh, to the whitewashed jeans that you wear every day. That is ozone co- converting the color in the uh, in the jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, it's used by hospitals. It's used by Avis and Hertz to uh, remove cigarette smells, cigar smells from cars. Uh, it's used by... Uh, uh, insurance companies when a fire has occurred in the house to go in and do smoke re- remediation. It's also used by insurance companies to attack mildew. It's all a function of the concentration of the ozone. Right. Like in an application so, like that, if you had, say you had a, a fire in your house, they'd actually seal up your house, right? Like, that is correct. It wouldn't let you walk into it. And that's where ozone sometimes gets a bad rap. It's, you know, it's, I tell people all the time, it's like sugar and salt. You know, some of it's good for you, a lot of it's bad for you. And um, and the same thing with the oxygen. Uh, a certain amount of it in, in a certain form is what your body needs to survive. If you use too heavy concentrations of O2, which you breathe every day, it'll actually stop your lungs from breathing and you'll go into respiratory arrest. You drink water every day, you stick your head in the water for five minutes, obviously it's not going to be good for you. So it, <laughs> it, 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 it's all a function of concentration. And so what the federal government has done is set standards for safety, and we are well within those standards, and we have a video on our website that shows that. Um, but bottom line is is that when the hunter, uh, what we do, as you mentioned earlier, is we're passing air through uh, the unit, and the, the little uh, grid that's on it or the coil that's on it is, is heated uh, via electronic charge, and as the air passes over that coil, some of it's fractured, and the air, the oxygen that's in that air is converted to ozone, some of it. And so a small percentage of that comes out. It's actually in parts per million. And um, it's distributed downwind from you. Obviously, the animal's going to smell you downwind, not upwind, so you should always be pointed downwind. And you need to angle it down so that uh, as ozone falls, you don't want to put it on the ground in a ground blind because it can't rise to any great degree. And bottom line, you're just trying to create that curtain of ozone between you and the animal, and as your odor passes through it, the ozone attacks it and converts it. Yeah, you're basically giving yourself, if you will, you can't see the ozone, obviously, but if you think of it like a shower, you're positioning that above your head in a tree stand, um, and again, pointed, like you said, pointed in in the downwind direction, and as that... Toward toward the ground, yep. As the ozone is emitted from the machine, it's essentially showering over you and, and wafting. You said ozone is heavier than oxygen, so it falls slowly through the air column, and the prevailing winds are then taking that, and as it's drifting down, it's it's coming into contact with your human odor and whatever else is in the air, and, and those ozone molecules are, are eliminating that odor. Um... We have some limitations. I mean, obviously, if the wind is howling, it creates an issue because ozone is a gas, and it's going to be disturbed by the wind. Uh, We like a prevailing wind. It obviously works better in a prevailing wind than than high swirling winds. Mm -hmm. It will work in swirling winds. It'll it'll help you. Uh, You know, it's just it's harder to make. The the critical thing about the technology is you've got to get the ozone molecule in contact with your odor. Right. And the more the more you use it, the better you get at doing that. 
Well, and that, and that's the thing is in in a you know in a con- a more controlled environment. Say again, you know, back to that analogy of the uh, or the example of a of a house where there's been a fire. You know, th- those folks are actually going to seal up that house. They can put some plastic around the windows and the doors and and pump ozone into that structure at very high concentrations and you know make sure that the ozone comes into contact with the smoke molecules in the the environment where we're using it as hunters we're kind of relying on natural wind currents to bring the ozone in contact with our odor so you are not necessarily saying that it's possible to guarantee that every odor molecule is going to meet an ozone molecule but you've you've definitely proven um, you know some significant effectiveness in the field in spite of that that is correct. I mean, in a tree stand, it's obviously harder uh, because your whole, whole body is exposed to the wind, and uh, depending on the wind speed and, and the lift or the drop, depending on you know, the draft of the wind, uh, it can lift the ozone or, or, or bring the ozone down. You need to have a wind detector that shows you the direction the wind is blowing and have the unit pointed in that direction and pointed down at a sharp angle so you're creating a curtain not on you but between you and the, and the animal on the downwind side. In a tree, I mean, in a ground blind, what you want to do is literally create a chimney on the downwind side. So crack a window on the downwind side, 12 to 18 inches, mount your unit so that the ozone is blowing out that window. The closer you have it to the window, the less ozone in the blind, the more to the center, the more ozone in the blind. And what you're trying to do there is, again, create a curtain as, a, as the wind and your odor lead to that, to that crack, that cracked window. You're treating it and eliminating the odor. Now let's talk about the ozone itself. Uh, you know, people probably ask you a lot. I know it's something that you know I had wondered about. Can you smell this ozone? Okay, and the bottom line sure. is yes, you can smell the ozone when the machine is running. Uh, if you put your, you know, if you smell the air that's blowing out of the machine, you can definitely. It, it has an odor. So uh, tell me a little bit about the odor. And obviously, if we can smell it, we know that the deer can smell it. Why don't the animals that we're hunting seem to react a whole lot to the smell of the ozone that we're putting into the air? A couple of things there. One is we know how unstable ozone is. And our testing, even in a sterile environment, at about 20 to 25 feet is gone. It's already returned back to oxygen. Uh, So you're, you're concentrating that ozone right around you, just downwind from you. And by the time it gets out a few feet, it's gone. Uh, the other thing is animals smell ozone all the time. Uh, when, when lightning strikes, when rain falls, ozone's created, and so they're smelling it. It's like you walking into a kitchen and smelling uh, something that's friendly in your, in your kitchen. It's something you smell and you get used to. So they're not necessarily alerted to the ozone. You'll see um, animals respond to the unit sometimes, resp- you know, just f- respond in such a way that you think that there's something going on, and we know that in over half the cases, the animals do not respond at all, and, but in some cases, they do respond. And what we think is happening there is that a partially fragmented odor molecule, or the other possibility is clean air. We've actually cleaned a portion of the air, and it's just like you walking through something you smell all the time, else it disappears and it comes back. You're going to wonder what's going on there. So the animals do respond to those two events, but they don't respond in the classic bust. You're not going to see snorting and stomping and tail switching and all that kind of stuff. You're just going to see an animal that's more on alert, a little more on alert. And what they typically do is check the wind and then go back to what they're doing. And, you know, talk to me a little bit about this idea that you had presented to us when you first explained the technology to us about not having to be so regimented in your personal scent control. In other words, you know, so many times if we go on a, let's say I'm going to go on a, a bow hunt to 
out to Illinois and I'm staying with an outfitter out there you know a lot of times in the past what I would do is you know I'll launder my clothing morning and afternoon I'll shower morning and afternoon I'll spray down morning and afternoon and you actually have found that with the ozonics um, all that isn't necessarily required to be effective in the field what's your feeling about that and and uh, what you've seen and what you recommend all right, I'm going to give you two responses. Our experience is is that uh, the, if you can get the odor molecule in contact with the ozone, it doesn't matter how you smell. Having said that, um, hunting is some percent physical skill and mostly mental. And um, in some, obviously, there's some equipment uh, variations there, but the bottom line is what if, how a person feels and the confidence they have in their hunting environment is going to have a significant impact. So I encourage a hunter to use whatever tools he has available. Our experience is, is that as they use the product, they'll become more comfortable with it, and some of the things that they've done in the past will change. And what about the uh, operation of the unit itself? Uh, I mentioned earlier it operates on batteries. They are rechargeable batteries. Uh, how long will the unit operate on a full battery charge? Uh, are there multiple settings on the unit? And uh, talk to folks also about how much the unit weighs and uh, how difficult or easy it is to set up once you're in your hunting location. That We produce two units. The specs are slightly different. Uh, one is called the HR-150, and that's designed specifically for a ground blind. And that unit has uh, basically an on-off switch in a, and the ability to turn on some lights to set up and tear down. Um, so basically you're just using it as an on, turn it on, and it runs for about five hours and a little over five hours and you know, on the battery charge. Same battery as it goes in the HR-200, our premium unit. The premium unit, just as just told you, the HR-200 has... Uh, an on-off switch like the HR-150, but it also has a mode setting which allows you to boost the output of ozone if you're in a tree stand setting. Uh, you never want to use the tree, tree stand setting in a ground blind. It just isn't necessary, and it's producing more ozone. Uh, but you need that extra ozone in a tree stand, and so you should operate the uh, unit on boost mode in a tree stand um, probably most of the time. There are occasions where you can get away with the, with the uh, standard setting, but you'll learn those as you as you use the unit. Most of the time, you're going to need the boost setting. And then boost, also, uh, go ahead. It also has a battery indicator light, which will tell you the percent of uh, life left in the battery. You're going to get about an hour less use on boost mode than you do in standard mode, so a little over four hours in, 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 in the uh, hunting environment. And um, the unit, I know, it comes with... Uh, a battery and a charger, right? Battery charger mounting device for both tree stand and ground blind, and of course the HR unit itself that you buy. And talk to me about the mounting device, or maybe I can talk about it. It's basically it's a small uh, a tree mount that uh, just similar to what you'd see for a trail camera. You can when you get up into your tree stand, you can uh, screw the tree mount right into the tree, and there's a small. Uh, screw on the other end that goes right into the bottom of the unit and you can adjust the tension you can swivel the head uh, to basically change the angle of the unit uh, anywhere you want and then there's a, a little pivot arm in the center of the the mount as well so you can you can move it side to side and you can swivel the head to adjust the angle it's it's not very heavy at all uh, it's pretty quick and easy to set up and, and that's why I used it faithfully you know and, and that was another thing honestly uh, 
being, as I said, you know, somewhat skeptical first starting it, I was like, well, I'm going to try this thing, but if it's a pain, if it's a big, heavy, bulky thing, if it's a, if it takes a long time to set up and it's bothersome, you know, I probably wouldn't have stuck with it. But the fact of the matter is the unit's very light. It's extremely quiet when it runs, and it only takes me about a minute or less to set it up. So uh, it's convenient, and so I figured I'd give it a try, and, and then once I saw that I, it really seemed to be quite effective, now I don't want to go into the field without it. What does the unit actually weigh? Do you, ha do you happen to know, Dennis, off the top yep, of your head? It, it weighs, it weighs uh, 1.7 pounds with the battery, so with the mounting device, you're, less than st you're still less than 2 pounds of weight. Yeah, and if you have, you know, a basic day pack like most whitetail hunters carry, there's more than enough room for me, you know, to just slide that in there and and like I said, it's not a, it's not troublesome to use it or set it up, and and for the advantage that it brings, I definitely think it's it's worth the extra two pounds and two minutes, you know, that you're going to spend with it every day, and and with an extra battery, even if you're hunting all day, uh, you can definitely, you know, that first battery is going to bring you from from dawn through your prime morning hours, uh, and you know, your second battery is going to get you through your prime evening hours. And uh, if you're just doing a morning and an afternoon sit, you've got plenty of time to come in for lunch, get your battery recharged, and be good to go uh, for the afternoon sit, even if you don't have an extra. So um, pretty pretty slick system, to be honest with you, Dennis. How long have you guys had this out on the market? Well, we came out with an original unit called the HR100, in 2008-9, and it, it was a unit designed specifically for a ground blind. It weighed too much, and the marketplace told us that it was the wrong product. Not the right, the right molecule, but the wrong product. And so what we did in 2009 is we redesigned the unit and came out in 2010 with the current models. And so they've been out a, a little more, a little right at two years, uh, a year and a half, two years now. And what kind of feedback are you getting from the from the customer base on this uh uh, obviously, you know, I, I mentioned a, a couple very positive experiences that I had, but I know you've got people, uh, you know, from just your regular everyday hunters to some pretty big names in the industry that are using this and really swearing by it as they gain experience with it. Yeah, we've had a really, real good positive response to it. Uh, probably the most effective measure is we offer a 100% money-back guarantee on the product. That's Ozonix does that, not, not your local retailer. So when you buy it from whomever and decide for some reason that it's just not for you, if you'll call us, we'll return your money, no questions, within the same season. So if you buy it in 2012, you got 2012 to use it. But um, the return rate on that money-back guarantee was less than one-half of 1%. Well, that's awesome, man. And uh, that's a pretty impressive guarantee, too. You're not giving me a really a set time frame. I mean, you're talking about giving somebody up to a, a full season to, to mess around with it. So That was our intent. <laughs> and we have, we have people that will call us mid-season and say, I had this problem with it or this issue with it, and it's an educational process. And uh, a lot of people call us wanting to return it, and as we talk to talk them through it, oops, I wasn't using it correctly. They go back out, we never hear from them again. Well, it uh, it's one of those things where obviously, if you're a bow hunter, you know every bow hunter who's listening to the show right now knows that, you know the of course there's a thousand different variables out there when you're hunting, yep. but but the wind is number one. You know the wind and your scent. There's there's no doubt in my mind that you know 
when being busted by by your son is is absolutely you know the number one reason that you know hunts are good hunts go bad if you will and and uh there's no 100 percent you know method i don't think to date but this ozonics is you know it might sound a little bit far out but there's no doubt i mean the chemistry is there the the uh, the application of ozone to odor elimination is is a proven technology again in that commercial industrial realm and to bring it into the field you guys are the only ones who are who have are doing this and as a matter of fact i think you've you've actually got a patent on this in the field application right several patents yeah and more coming yeah the, the main thing that people need to understand is that in a tree stand you need to mount it so that the output is you know about four inches above head level i'm not saying above your head necessarily you need to mount it on the downwind side of your body um, so you you mount it overhead uh, uh, on one side of your body or the other depending on the wind direction and then angle it down so that the distribution of the ozone is falling just just opposite your body or just off your body and uh, and creating that ozone curtain between you and the animal on the downwind side. Uh, so you've got to get it above your head for it to do that. And um, I know if people want to learn more about ozonics, about ozone itself and, and how it, you know, the chemistry of it all, you guys have some resources online. I think you have some instructional videos there. And you've got more detailed information about the units themselves on your website, right, Dennis? That's correct. And you'll start to see more uh, us sponsor more people uh, using the product. And probably is a good thing for you to under- for your uh, the users to understand how we approach people or they approach us when when a, a celebrity or a um, a person that is interested in using the product that has some uh, some impact on others via video or in the internet or whatever asked to be to participate what we do is and normally we sell them the product we ask them to uh, use the product for a season uh, and then bring us video back showing us that they understand how it works and the effectiveness of it before we engage them um, either for sponsorship or as in some kind of a business relationship um, we, we believe that people need to believe in what they sell and then if they don't believe in it then they shouldn't be selling it so we tried to establish that relationship up front. We did that with y'all. Y'all used it for a season, and uh, and it allowed us to uh, to understand each other and how the, how the product actually works and get the questions out of the way. So that you went out and started, quote unquote, representing us or using the product in the field. Uh, people would understand that you knew what you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the thing is, being you know. An editor of a magazine, of course, we see a lot of new products all the time, and we get a chance to get our hands on things. And, you know, I don't have any, you know, real uh, vested interest in, 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 you know, talking about something if it's junk. You know, I mean, there'd be no point, you know, if it didn't work or if I had bad experience with it. I'd just stop using it, you know. It's not not that I'd go out and, you know, look to run anybody's product down. But, you know, if I'm carrying something into the field on a consistent basis, it's because 
I think there's some value in doing that because, you know, I think not just not just those of us in the industry. I mean, a, any avid hunter has a pile of gear in their basement. You know, it's the things that stay in that pack on a consistent basis is how you can tell you know what guys really value and and what they think isn't isn't necessary. So I'm definitely going to keep on using this Ozonics because I, I feel that it's given me you know a real advantage out there in the field and uh, we, we should talk a little bit about cost Dennis uh, Ozonics isn't isn't necessarily a, a very inexpensive item but uh, then again if you look at it in relation to what it would cost for a new bow or a new set of uh, you know high-end camouflage clothing it's not necessarily outrageous either what's the price of your two units and um, what kind of a life do I get out of these things in terms of you know years of service or, or battery uh, charges and that sort of thing but the units themselves should give you five years plus uh, taken care of, I and mean, they can be more or less depending on uh, how much you use them in your home to clean odors in the house and that kind of thing. They're, it's a physical thing. It's eventually going to break. I'm not going to deny that. But you should get five years plus. The uh, the batteries themselves, the batteries are hard, to, really hard to, uh, to, to guarantee. Uh, you know how batteries are. When you buy one and it lasts you an hour, and you buy another one and it lasts you two months, and nobody knows why. I don't know. But uh, bottom line is you're going to get a six-month warranty with a battery. We've had virtually no returns on batteries, and we're into our second year. So we, we feel like we have these lithium-ion batteries, and they're the, they're the really state-of-the-art battery for the industry. So uh, you're going to see, I think, it's the same thing that your uh, computers and cell phones and those kinds of things you use. So you should, should get a good life out of your battery from that perspective. One thing that we should probably talk about is is, is the as the user uh, goes into the field with a product and begins to use it, um, there's going to be different experiences with the product. And I think I may talk alluded to this uh, briefly earlier. You're going to have most animals will not respond to you at all. Uh, you're going to get about half the animals will get some kind of a response. I, I want people to understand that this unit does not replace good hunting practices. If you haven't patterned animals, if you haven't um, entered the field correctly, if you haven't tested the wind to know where, where I mean, tested the uh, area and understand the area where your animals are and how you should enter the animal, enter the area, if you haven't done the normal things a good hunter does, this unit's not going to cover those mistakes up. All we're doing is offering you an aid so that animal does come in and it's downwind, you've got a better chance of not being winded. So you're not saying that I can just go out and hunt hunt my favorite stand every single day all season even when the wind is all wrong <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm saying that you need to use good hunting practice <laughs> you're still hunting yeah absolutely i mean it, it, yeah and, and and you know it's like a lot of things dennis is you know we like to think in terms of black and white but even you think about a situation where you know an animal maybe senses that something's not quite right and whether it's ozonics or an effective camouflage pattern or you know just the ability to hold still and be quiet if there's something that i can do as a bow hunter that might get me one step closer or two seconds longer before that animal decides that they're out of there that might be all the difference that you need to seal the deal i can't tell you how many times i've been at full draw on good box that needed to take you know one more step to come out from behind a tree or just clear another animal and 
you know, to have those animals turn and, and run at that very moment and have to let down in that feeling of, you know, deflation of being so close, you know. And so things like ozonics can, you know, be all the difference. And uh, sometimes it's just that small of a difference, you know, a moment or a step or, or, you know, and so as we continue to develop all these products and technologies that we have at our disposal, it's great. And I really feel it's, it's helping, you know, it's helping to turn the turn the odds in our favor it doesn't mean we're always going to be successful but i'd rather have a 20 percent better chance than not you know what i'm saying yeah but yeah the, the we've had multiple mature animals taken this last year several at 200 plus and and you know a, a whole listing of others at, at various uh size animals and you know it's, it's interesting that there's kind of two things that happen in the, in the taking a mature animal one is the animal itself coming from downwind, especially if it, if it knows your hunting location or, or, or know, been around long enough to know that someone hunts from that location, that, that's, a, that's a major issue. But the other thing is, a lot of times the animal is taken upwind, but there are those or other animals downwind. Mm-hmm. So there's it's a combination of factors that go into it, as, as you all know. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure that you guys have some of those um, trophy photos online, too. Uh, whole bunch what, of them, yeah. What's your website, Dennis? Uh, how can people get get in touch with Ozonix? Well, our website is uh, www.ozonixhunting.com. It's all one word, Ozonix Hunting. And uh, there's contact information there for the office. And, and if someone has a question about the product or wants to send us an email off the website, they can do both. Well, that's great, Dennis. Uh, like I said, Ozonix is a, it's a very interesting, you know, uh, addition to the whole realm of of scent control, scent elimination. I know there's a lot of products out there. I know that there are other products that uh, that work as well, and there's other technologies. And I, I I've tested those. I'm not I'm not uh, uh, you know my purpose here isn't to isn't to dismiss everything else, but just to share some of my experience with Ozonics. Uh, the fact that I think that it uh, it's, it's really unique. Uh, it's definitely uh, it seems to be effective as, as far as I can tell. And uh, I appreciate your time, Dennis. I know that you're busy uh, today in particular. I know that uh, you, you've got to run to another appointment, but uh, uh, I think that I think that it was valuable uh, time that we spent today. I appreciate you talking about ozonics and, 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 and ozone and, and the chemistry of it. And uh, hopefully. Uh, it's something that the, the listeners enjoyed, and they'll take some time and check it out for themselves. And if you have a chance to uh, get your hands on an Ozonics unit, give it a try and uh, tell me what you think. You know, you can always contact us here at the magazine, too. I'd be interested to, to hear from you guys, uh, the experiences that you're having with it out there in the field. And uh, I think it's something that's going to have some staying power. I appreciate your time, Dennis. We're excited to be a part of the industry. Hey, thanks, man. You have a great rest of your day. Uh, Thanks for squeezing me in here, and I wish you the best uh, throughout 2012 as you continue to spread the word on your your product line. Appreciate y'all, Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Peterson's Bowhunting Radio, presented by Easton's Hard-Hitting Access Arrows. For more information, pick up a copy of Peterson's Bowhunting Magazine on newsstands now.